0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2265. Today we're going to be talking with a gentleman who's part of a company that has solved a, well, it solved something that's near and dear to my heart. You'll learn more about why that is as we get into our talk, but they also have focused on the automotive sector. So be prepared to be inspired. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in sunny Orlando, Florida, with a very special guest by the name of Bill Reedy. Bill, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Mark, thank
1: you. And I am ready. A hundred percent. I'm excited to be talking with you. Thank Well, you.
0: cool. We're going to be talking about something very near and dear to my heart that my listeners or anyone that's really ever been on this show or communicated with me will understand that in a little bit. But first, before I give you a proper introduction, we talk about your company. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about Bill Reedy?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, you know, I've been, I've been in the automotive industry almost my entire, uh, life, but I actually have a coaching and teaching background. Oh. Uh, so I went to school to, uh, yeah, to, uh, to study history. I was uh, coaching basketball uh, and it's, you know, coaching and, uh, and mentoring people has always been my passion. So I guess I just equated that to a sales and sales leadership career for the most part.
0: Well, kind of fits, right? <laughs> Everybody needs some coaching and mentoring.
1: Absolutely.
0: I had a guest on the show who actually became a friend of mine long ago, a guy by the name of Russell Flory. And sadly, we lost him last year to COVID, uh, actually right before he was going to come back on my show. And he had created a company called Road Scholars, which eventually was bought up by the Ingram family, where they buy and sell and restore the most beautiful old Porsches on the planet. But what Russell started doing was coaching high-end automotive dealerships. Primarily their salespeople, how to interact with these different kind of customers, Ferrari, Porsche, Lamborghini, Mercedes, very high-end, Car sales. And he created a very uh, robust business. He would travel all over the country and train people. And uh, so it sounds like you and Russell have a lot in common in the sense of, you know, his nickname was the coach. <laughs> you know, he loved helping people learn how to interact better with people. Kathy Droz is another past guest I had here who helps specifically women in the high end automotive industry, selling cars like Mercedes and Lexus and others high end brands. Because women in the sales force, as we may today with what your experiences are somewhat unique. You don't see a lot of women, although more now than you used to. So uh, you're a good company, some great uh, Karja alumni here. So we welcome you to the show.
1: That is awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, I have so I have quite a bit of Highline experience and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to do a little research on that because I think that uh, understanding how that Highline buyer, you know, goes through their purchase journey, especially, you know, on, you know, the, the the cars like Porsche and Ferrari are different than somebody that's necessarily just buying an everyday car. So yeah, I'll look into that. Thanks for the tip on that.
0: Well, absolutely. And you can listen to both those guests. Uh, all of my guests have a show notes page here, as most of the listeners know, so you can go back and listen to those shows. And I'll give you a quick story that I think, will make you smile. Russell was teaching uh, Ferrari salespeople how to sell Ferraris, and one called him one day after his class. He does a certification-type class, and the gentleman said, Russell, I have a client who wants to buy a Ferrari, but he can't decide between the two models, and I just can't get him to pull the trigger and buy a car. And Russell said, nobody buys a Ferrari because they have to. You're fulfilling a dream. (laughs) Why don't you double his dream and sell him both cars? Recommend that. And guess what?
1: (laughs) I love that. The
0: guy did it, and the guy bought two Ferraris. So there you go. It's understanding the customer, right? That
1: is a classic example of selling... Selling
0: once, not needs. Right? And <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a decided difference between
1: selling needs than there is selling once. Well, I love sure. That. That's yeah. great.
0: Probably the same for high-end homes as well. Uh, people are buying second homes, vacation homes. Yeah. They are they're trying to fill a dream and they've got the income to do it. Sometimes they just need that little bit of a nudge. But I thought that would bring a smile to your face. So Yeah, that's funny. That's great. Russell was great. All right. So let's uh dive into your world. Bill Reedy is the vice president of sales at handwritten. Now, this is unique, H-A-N-D-W-R-Y-T-T-E-N, but you'll understand what it means in a moment. Global leader in handwritten notes and creators of robotic writing machines that mimic actual handwriting, helping auto dealerships to enhance customer experience through personalized notes. For various occasions, Bill has over 30 years of sales leadership and executive management experience, successfully developing and growing businesses across multiple verticals and industries. His passion is coaching and takes great, and he takes great pride in developing both people and organizations for long-term success. Bill developed a deep understanding of the automotive industry while climbing the ranks at some of the nation's most successful dealerships. Just a few, including Mile One Auto Group and Penske Automotive Group. Now there's an organization. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love. They keep the petrol in the tanks here and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 9324 and protect the ones you love, like I did, with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. So Bill, uh, let's dive a little deeper into your past. I want to talk a little bit about your business experience first before we get into the specifics of handwritten, but I'm very intrigued by what you're doing because my listeners know I am a big proponent of Handwritten notes. Have been since I was a little kid. Thank you, Mom. She instilled that in me. But I want to walk through your business career first, and I love the idea that you were, you really started as a real coach, and now coaching people is part of your passion. So take us on a little bit of a history journey, journey and then we'll get into handwritten.
1: Sure. Yeah, thank you. So um, as I mentioned, um, I was uh, going to school uh, to be a teacher, and I was coaching one of the the community colleges in basketball. And quite honestly, I I needed a little bit of money because I was I was working part time and going to school. So I'd stumbled into a car dealership and met the owner at one point in time. And he offered me a job, uh, you know, to come to work as the general manager's assistant, which, you know, he had kind of a training program. I had sales background. So uh, he offered me twenty five thousand dollars a year in a company car. And, And I was like, that sounds great. So I, I got into the business, and it was really interesting for me. For the first six months, my, my really my job was to work in every single department. So I worked in parts. I worked in service. You know, I, I, I was the receptionist. I sold cars. I worked in the F&I department. Um, I washed cars. So I, I learned everything about the business, and I gravitated towards the sales and sales management side. So fast forward, I worked for Seven different dealerships in three different groups over my career, starting in the kind of the domestic side. Chevy, Dodge, and back in the days when Dodge was two things, you either bought a pickup truck or you bought a caravan. <laughs> this is the early 90s. Yeah. And the, the business started to unfold and start to change in my career. So, you know, by the early 2000s, it really had become the Internet. And I had, I had moved to, um, to Highline stores, Mercedes, BMW, Porsche, Aston Martin. And, you know, and that was a, a tremendous experience. I, I got to meet some incredible people, lots of athletes, and really got to understand the Highline business um, at, a, at a deep level. Uh, so back in 2001, I was working for uh, Penske Automotive Group. We had piloted a software called V-Auto, and V-Auto was designed really to help dealers better understand how to price and merchandise their cars on the internet to create kind of velocity, right? The the business had changed and that walk-in traffic that you would normally see where people would come looking at cars had moved to the internet. And I fell in love with the software. I really did. I fell in love with it. So uh, in 2003, um, I decided to leave retail for pretty much all the same reasons that people leave leave retail, and it's just hours, right? I, i spent a lot of time at the dealership and, you know, and oftentimes would miss family events and things like that. And I took a flyer. I got on a plane and I flew out to NADA and I reintroduced myself to the founder and owner, a guy by the name of Dale Pollack, and he offered me a job. And it was a a big change for me. It was a substantially less uh, base salary. I think it was a $42,000 base salary. And he said, you know, if you like the auto, try selling it. So I did. I started, you know, I went from being a general manager at a Penske dealership to all of a sudden selling V Auto software in my basement. Wow! But I loved the I loved the product so much, and I loved what it could do to help the industry become more transparent, kind of in its process, and really reach more people. That I pretty quickly gravitated to leading the sales organization with uh, V Auto. Fast forward uh, about. Three years later after that, and we sold that company to AutoTrader. And I went to work for Cox Automotive for a few more years. Um, then I spent some time in the industry on the other side of the fence in the service department uh, with a company called KPA, which was the leader in environmental health and safety uh, in the automotive industry and uh, and stayed with them for about six years. Uh, we ended up selling that company to Providence Equity for a kind of a nice uh, chunk of coin. Uh, and then I ventured out on my own. Uh, I decided it was time for me to kind of take all that experience, and I got into the consulting world. Uh, So I was doing sales training and consulting and and had a lot of customers more on the the vendor side of automotive. I had a few automotive dealership customers. Uh, And then uh, towards the end of last year, I stumbled on handwritten. Uh, You know, I'd been uh, been looking around in LinkedIn, and, and this popped up, and I was so intrigued by it because in 2001, I actually tried to implement handwritten thank you notes in the Mercedes Benz dealership that I was running. And I really thought it was such a great practice, right? Especially, you know, where people had given you forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. And and I always say when you when you go and you purchase Highline, it's it's hard to it's hard to leave that world, right? It, you know, you can't you can't you can't pull a Mercedes up in your driveway and then all of a sudden come back and not have that Mercedes anymore. You just, just kind of arrived there. So Giving those customers the ultimate in personal care, I thought was really a great way to do it. So I went out and I bought all the cards and I got the salespeople involved and I gave them lists every day. And what I found two months later is it was very difficult to get people to write cards on (laughs) a consistent basis. Sure.
0: sure.
1: So when I saw the handwritten technology, I'm like, this is really interesting. And so the more I dug into it and started working with our owner, David Wax, I said, you know what, I I think this is something I want to do. I think this is something that um, every business can use. There's really no barriers of entry, whether it's B2C or B2B. And it's it's just a time-tested, age-old best practice for both prospecting and customer care. And so, uh, and so off we went. And so I, 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 started with them about five months ago. And we are, uh, we're, we're looking to to try to get every every business that we can possibly contact into the to kind of the format of of putting out handwritten notes and really keeping their customers, you know, on a long term personal basis.
0: You know, it's I think your timing is very good because everything has become so non personal now. And if you think of the car industry in particular the old age old day of walking into a dealership and getting swarmed by a bunch of guys one guy gets you he's got a plastic tie on how what do i have to do to put this car in your garage today i mean all that stuff that is not fun and i think we all probably everyone listening today has experienced going to buy a car should be one of the most fun things you ever do if you're a car person and they they i say the old world of car dealerships made it miserable Terrible! My wife and I went to buy our first car right after we were married. I was so angry and walked out of the dealership, and the guy followed us all the way out to the car. And I'm like, I'm not buying a car. Oh, wait, okay, we'll do what you want. Too late, you know. And so now, because of the internet, everything has gone back to not only that, but worse, really, because there's no human interaction for the most part, or very little. And just adding this one little element is why I was so excited about having you on today, handwritten. Now, way back in the day, I found a software program that you could put into your computer and you would actually write your letters and they would create um, a program that you could write and then print in your actual handwriting. Now, for handwritten, is that what you guys do or can people pick from different styles so it looks like a handwritten note? How does that work?
1: Yeah. So first off, you know, uh, I, I always say it's 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 your message written by a robot, right? So you know, oftentimes I think that's the big leap for folks is they're like, "Is it really handwritten?" Well, yeah, we're just using technology. So we use real pens with really great ink, a high level of cardstock, but. Our customers the ones that format the message. And then from a handwriting standpoint, from a a style standpoint, we have over 35 different handwriting styles that we use. And they're actually derived from actual handwriting. So we have the ability with our technology to take a sample of your handwriting. It actually takes about an hour to fill that out. And then our graphic designers and our technology duplicate that handwriting to a T. And I mean the indentation of every line, the spacing between each line, the lean, you know, of your hand, the way you dot your eyes and and your teeth. I'm left-handed, so I have a tendency to kind of tilt my hand up a little bit because I don't want that ink getting on on the (laughs) corner of my palm. So my handwriting is really unique. So, yeah, we can duplicate handwriting for anybody uh, if, if they want to have their own custom handwriting. But I'll tell you something interesting. You said something that really kind of sparked my interest there about your car experience. I used to teach um, transparent selling workshops back in the mid-2000s to car dealers. And one of the questions that I asked, and this was a really eye-opener for them with regards to how the business has changed, I would say to them, what's the first question a customer asks you when they come into your dealership? Um, you know, and they would say things like, uh, what's the best price? Right. Or... And then I'd get an answer like, do you still have this car in stock? I'm like, we're headed in the right direction. But the real answer to the question more often than not is, where's the bathroom? Because (laughs) they've driven, yeah, they got the kids in the car. They've driven an hour because they found this car that they like, that's priced what they want, has the features and the colors and everything else because they've done 85 or 90% of that work before they ever come to the dealership so i I like dealers to really think about that because acquiring that customer isn't isn't inexpensive it usually costs them seven to eight hundred dollars in a normal market to acquire that customer through your marketing efforts so shouldn't your focus be after they've picked the car that they want you've negotiated the deal they've driven home and they're happy shouldn't that next step be how do you keep them how do you make them feel like you know what this is the place that I want to buy an automobile next time. Right. You know the experience was great. They have the inventory I want, and I think something is simple. As a handwritten card that's personalized from the salesperson or the owner or whoever you think is designated, it's just an incredibly effective, cost-effective and effective for your clients to do exactly that, right? Sell them the second car and the third car and the fourth car and their friends and their family cars, because that's that's ultimately how you build your business most effectively in that industry.
0: Yeah, you know, what comes to mind too, you mentioned the bathroom, is why McDonald's for decades has focused on a super clean bathroom because that was, they discovered was that when people are out on the road traveling, whether it's around their city or on a road trip, they need to stop and use a restroom and everyone hates a crummy restroom. And if your restroom is nice, guess what? When they come out, they might buy a milkshake and some fries. So that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. So you have a dealership, make your bathroom really nice because people will (laughs) feel really good. It's a simple thing. Uh, The company that I was part of for decades, uh, when we finally got to build our own corporate headquarters and I was tasked with designing that structure, one of the things that we focused on was a really nice bathroom, not only for our guests because we created a retail store we'd never had before, but for our employees. And my goal was to have a bathroom nicer than even our employees had at home. Or the guests, for that matter, because and we did simple things like when you go into use the restroom, music was piped into the restroom. But in our case, it was cool car music and car sounds. And there's some obvious reasons to that. One is it it quiets or it muffles the other bathroom noises that no one wants to hear. But it also makes you feel like, oh, this is a fun place. I want to be here. And I think a lot of, especially high-end dealerships, have figured that out. But I tell you, my wife and I, when we were looking to buy her first SUV, we were looking at the new X5 when it first came out, the the new Mm -hmm. Acura SUV when it first came out because we had had an Acura Legend. And then I said, well, let's just go look at the Dodge SUVs and some of the others. And the difference in those, even the Acura dealership and the BMW dealership to the Dodge dealership or Ford was so incredible to me it was so bad going to those domestic dealers i just went no i don't if this is what it's like just to buy the car i never want to come back here again to service my car so no. i think dealers no. to figure that out now now this was decades ago but you know 25 years ago i think something like that
1: yeah and i it, you know i think i think that i think the manufacturers also have done a great job with that right i mean as a dealer you know, when I when I was in that world, you know, this 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 never-ending kind of upgrade of your facilities seemed to be money wasted. But I think that the smart dealers realize that you know, creating an environment of comfort and of energy and excitement, it's worth it because for customers, perception is reality. Right? When they walk into your dealership, you know, that first feeling, that first experience that they get is going to dictate how that that the rest of that interaction with them goes. So I I totally agree with you, and I think I think the dealer community and the and the manufacturers, the OEM of the world have done a good job with kind of, you know, kind of taking that perspective, right? It's not just about the car. It's also about the, the facility and your and your ability to do it efficiently, right? You know, to buy a car quickly, to minimize kind of the, the back and forth. And then when that service experience starts, make sure that they're comfortable when they come in for the first time for service and kind of know what the process is. So it just becomes seamless in their world.
0: Right. And not only that, but when you're in there for service, uh, make it super comfortable and nice. Give them a cup of coffee and a snack. But then make it so they enjoy walking around because guess what they'll buy another new car in the next three or four years oh there's no doubt yeah my father-in-law did that with a Cadillac he went in one day to have his Cadillac serviced and walked out with a new car and he goes I had no idea I was gonna buy a car that day they made it so comfortable to be there. A painful process, fixing your car. Nobody wants to do that, right? But, but I want to get back yeah. to handwritten because I want to understand how the process works as the consumer, whether it's... Uh, now, can individuals use your service versus dealerships and companies?
1: Yeah, they can. We'll probably write uh, north of 2.5 million cards this year uh, and because our business their business is growing every year. And it's, it's, it's really kind of separated into three areas, right? One is just the, the consumer that goes on to handwritten.com and wants to write a birthday card or maybe they have, you know, they they just had a wedding and they want to write thank you cards. So you can choose a card, you can design a card and you can write it right in our app, choose your handwriting style. You hit send and we're going to write that card next business day and it'll be out in your recipient's mailbox within five to seven, you know, business days. Nice. The second one is, you know what, I I, I want to do something more in bulk, right? I, You know, I'm a I'm a business and I want to reach out to these thousand people. Uh, you can download uh, a very simple Excel file. Again, create that message. Um, it'll create those custom fields so all the first names go in the right place, your signatures at the bottom. You can even adjust the message across some of those those recipients as you like. you hit send, same thing. We're going to write that that uh, those cards within a couple business days and they're gonna be mailed out. And then the last one is you know more for our our automotive clients or our you know the, the the bigger organizations and that's through integration right whether we integrate into their dealer management system or we integrate into their salesforce or their hubspot or their spotify and then that could be more automated. So every time you sell a car or, or every time you, you know, uh, sell something and you want to, you want to write that thank you note, every time you have a prospect that you're working with and you want to write a thank you follow-up note, all of that can be automated with your custom card and your custom message. And again, sent out within seven to 10 business days. So it's in their mailbox. So we've created ways to make it incredibly efficient to take what is very simply a time, you know, kind of time consuming process for anybody, whether it's one card or 10,000 cards and, uh, and and automate it through this robotic technology.
0: That's very cool. I think it's so important. Now, how about this? Some people were never taught or trained how to write a thank you note. And I know this seems kind mm-hmm. of simple, but some weren't. Do you offer a help in that way for for companies that say, well, what's the right way to say thank you to somebody? Are there some examples there that people can use so they they don't have to even go through the brain trust of how do I properly say thank you. I've never done this before.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So we have, we have a lot of resources on our website that can give you some some guidance on that. But we also have account management for anybody that needs it. So you can call into our customer service line and say, give me some help. Uh, you know, if you're if you're a customer that is doing larger campaigns and reoccurring campaigns, we're going to help you all the way through that process. And then in our system. You can easily create and save uh, templates along with your address book. So as you start to get those messages, and you're like, boy, that one really worked, or I like that one, you can save that template and then easily kind of just uh, drop that into the the message file. You know, pick your the uh, the handwriting font that you think really expresses both yourself and your message the best, and then off you go. Hit send, and we're going to write that uh, we're going to write that card for you.
0: I think it's tremendous. I, I'll ask you, listeners out there, when was the last time you bought something that was a little higher end? or maybe a lot higher end, like an automobile, and you received a handwritten thank you note. I'll bet most people right now go, never? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you another great example. My daughter's worked for eight, nine years at Nordstrom. Great company. She worked for many years uh, training on the sales floor and then managing, managing entire store. And that's something they do. And I went there when my daughter got married about three, four years ago. Bought a new suit, you know, new outfit for the wedding day and everything. And uh, received a handwritten thank you from the sales guy that helped me pick out because I I didn't needed a suit in a long time or a tie and all that. And I called my daughter and said, "Wow, this you guys always do this?" She goes, "Well, we try, but it's it's hard to get our salespeople to actually do it. But we do try because you build that rapport and." it's I'm talking about it today. I just mentioned I just gave Nordstrom a little ad there. You should go and buy a suit from that store. Nobody else because no one else has ever sent me a thank you for buying clothes from them. So, yeah, I think it's tremendous what you guys are doing and I'm I'm so excited. To-
1: yeah, it, it, and and look, it, it's really from a human nature standpoint, you know, um if I'm doing if I'm doing sales training or coaching with anybody, I say look, the the art of connection or the art of communication with people is that they want to be heard, they want to be understood and they want to be appreciated mm. right that's how you that's how you connect with another human being and and in a sales environment right there's whether it's the first sale the second sale the fourth sale there's always some level of anxiety or you know fear coming in but that level of comfortability that you're working with somebody that hears you they understand you and they appreciate you. Is how you start to create that reoccurring sale and that and and really that that commitment from that buyer that they're going to do business with you first and foremost. You know if you have the products and goods that they need at that point in time. And people like that, right? They like to go into the idea of buying something, whether it's a car or a suit, knowing that the experience is going to be good and what they're looking for is going to be taken care of. Right? But, you know they don't want to go through the jumping of the hoops process. It's just not what they're looking to do. So. You know, if you hear them, you understand them, and you appreciate them. And that, that that handwritten that handwritten note is really the best way for hundreds of years, right? We're not talking about a new practice here. We're right. talking about something that's been around since since the dawn of time. Is really a, just an incredibly nice way of saying thank you and I appreciate
0: you. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, it's become a lost art. So handwritten, robotic writing machines. You guys have brought back that lost art in a new, we have. very uh, m- very uh, robotic way. I guess I should say.
1: Yeah, it, it's really cool technology. So we have over 200 robots. We build all of the robots in house. Wow. Uh, so we have you know 3D printers and laser cutters, and we and all of the armatures we build in house. We write all our own software, and we don't just uh, handwrite the card, right? We handwrite the envelope right? Which is incredibly important for, yeah. our, for our businesses. And we put a first class stamp on it. And it really works because, you know, typically somebody's going to receive 3,000 emails and there's nothing wrong with emailing thank yous or emailing your customers, but the likelihood of them seeing it goes down. If you're, if you're texting them, again, a great way to communicate with them, but they're going to get 500 to 1,000 texts. So there's no guarantee that they'll respond to it or even understand it's a number from you. Phone calls are great right? But people don't always pick up. So you're, you're left leaving a voicemail, which again is a very good practice, but people, you know, in, in, I, I, I you know, I kind of challenge you to test this. Most people receive one to two actual handwritten cards in their mail a month, whether it's from a family member or an invite, you know, so when they get that, the likelihood of them opening it and and seeing it and getting that level of appreciation of what you did is very, very high. I mean, we do surveys and we see it's about a 90% open rate. Nine out of 10 people are going to actually open it and see it and oftentimes save that card. Right. Yes. whether it's on their refrigerator sitting on a desk or whatever the case may be
0: yeah no i agree 100 percent. i've gone to visit people who've been guests on my show and i walk into their office and there's the card i sent them a year ago yeah it's still sitting there it's still yeah. sitting there yeah, yeah because i do personal cards uh i have them printed through a company called moo m-o-o and uh i send my own pictures uh some of them include uh things that relate to that specific guest, if I can pull that off. Uh, but yeah, I think it's tremendous. So uh, handwritten, uh, wonderful. I'll put a link to the website so all you listeners can learn. Now, we've talked an awful lot about your company. We haven't talked much about you and cars, and I want to I touch on this a little bit, as I do with all my guests. Uh, is there a special vehicle story in your life, a car that you've had that really stands out for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this. So um, I, was, uh, I was at this Mercedes store back in the early 2000s, And somebody came in and traded in a 1992 E300 Cabriolet Silver with a silver interior black top. Nice. And when I say it was the most perfect car you had ever seen, I think it had, you know, I'm challenging my memory here a little bit, but I think it had a little over 26,000 miles on it. So I fell in love with that car. It had a wood steering wheel that they had put on it, uh, you know, automatic top. The top was. Absolutely perfect. Obviously, I had the ability to have that car thoroughly inspected by our technicians. It had every piece of service work. So, I, I bought that car, and um, <laughs> and I didn't need it. That's the funny part. I didn't need the car, right? Yeah. You know, at that point in time, I had three kids. We had a Chevy Tahoe. Uh, we had I had a, a pickup truck. Uh, you know, kind of that's you know you know back in those days because we were you know, fixing houses and building decks and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I had a pickup truck that was like, I had a company demo. Yeah. So you didn't need a car. I didn't need that car at all. But when I looked at that car, I just couldn't say no. Yeah. Uh, so I had that car for about 10 years and uh, I maybe put another 10,000 miles on it. Sure. But those were 10,000 miles of driving that were just for me. Right? I, you know, in the summertime, I'd put that top down and, you know, I'd kick, stick the kids all in the back and they'd, they'd scream, putting the top down. I'd take them to their baseball games or, <laughs> you know, or wherever we were going. And yeah, it was just it was fun. just a great experience. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I had to sell that car finally because we ended up moving and I didn't have space for it. And so, you know, it was a tough day when I sold that car 10 years later.
0: Well, somebody else got to experience that joy. And, you know, those those they, kinds they of did. cars are few and far between. My wife and I, our first new car was a 1985 jetta gli we had just been married a year first time we bought a new car and we took such good care i mean not everyone knows me for being the car maniac if you if you want to buy a nice used car buy it from mark green and when we went to sell it we were looking at the new acura vigor if you remember the acura vigor the five cylinder
1: i I do remember the car yeah Yeah, and and you'll laugh at this it was unusual
0: because it was a five cylinder right right. it was the the lesser expensive of the high-end acura legend and we went in to buy that car and of course you'll love this story because the salesperson after we drove it and he he could see that you know we were going to buy a car he said well your wife should really drive the legend to compare and I looked at him and went, you butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, know what, I know what you're up to because once she drives that Legend, that's going to be... And long story short, we bought the Legend. However, uh, I, I was going to sell the Jetta and the dealer said, well, you know, let's look at your car for a trade. And I said, no, you won't ever give me what I want for that car because I've taken such good care of it. Well, let me just look at it. So their, their inspector came and got it. He came back into the office and he said, I would like to buy this car from you. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, I... And he even looked at the salesman and he said, we're never going to give him what this car's worth. I want to buy it from you. What do you want for it? Oh, for himself? Yeah, for himself. because. Oh, okay. Yeah, because okay. it was so, he goes, even the inside of the engine hood is clean. And I said, well, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the way I keep all my cars. And so the salesman goes, well, I want to see this car. So he went out. <laughs> and then he came back and he said, well, I want to buy that car. <laughs> now, whether that was a little trick you, you to get... Got,
1: you got him into a bidding war, it, did you? It was, pretty, exactly
0: what it was pretty funny. But he, the, the inspector guy, he bought it. And that guy kept in touch with me for years. It became his family car. He would send me notes, how much they enjoyed it. He goes, thank you for making this our new used car. We've never had, you know, been able to buy a new car. This was like buying a new car. And I think the thing was... Eight years old uh, had a lot of miles on it but we would taken care of it but yeah when you take good care of cars you can get some some money back for it you know i like to uh do this little uh test with people i become a bit of a car psychologist if you were reincarnated if you were manifest as a vehicle with all your personality traits bill this isn't what you want to be though what would you be and why
1: what kind of car would I be?
0: Yeah, if you were, yeah. Now, again, yeah. this isn't about being what you want to be. This is how you act and who you are as a human being as it is personified in a vehicle.
1: You know, uh, again, it's, a, it's such a good question. It really is. Um, so, it, you know, I, I had the opportunity, you know, I was lucky enough because, I, you know, I spent uh, almost 17 years in the automobile business. That I got to drive a lot of different cars. Yeah, and I, I think the one that reflects kind of who I am the most, and this maybe this is a little odd, it's the Audi A8. Ooh, right? I like so it. The Audi, yeah, yeah. The Audi A8 is one of those cars that had the combination of everything that I like about a car, and I think kind of speaks. So it's it's comfortable, right? Incredibly comfortable car. Those cars are like driving in an easy chair, right? They're they're powerful. Right, so you can drive them elegantly, but when you need to to, to you know hit the gas and be more aggressive, you know they react well. Uh, the handling for a car that size is incredibly incredibly efficient. And when you pull up, they kind of make a statement. It's a little understated. Yep. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you're pulling up in a you know a Porsche Cabriolet or an Aston Martin, right? You're not trying to take over the room but you're basically saying, yeah, I got all my stuff together and, and, you know, recognize me, right? I don't need to be, I don't need to be at the front of the line, but I certainly want you to know I'm here. <laughs> so I think, I think, the I think the Audi a really kind of, you know, it's, it's got everything. It's, it's just got class and comfort and and handling and performance and everything that you you would want like you know i think that that that's what resonates with me
0: well there you go uh a great answer to that yeah. question how about a great book uh, we love books here on cars yeah and you being a coach a mentor i suspect you enjoy great books that are teaching books if you will perhaps but is there a great book you could share with us today
1: moneyball is the book that res- resonated we, with me the most? I'm a huge sports fan, just a massive sports fan, and and I love how that book changed the perspective and the perception on what a great athlete and a great team is. And a lot of times it is about the numbers, right? It's not just it's not just about looking at somebody and going, oh, they're a five-tool player. I've seen five-tool players before, because that, that's important, right? You know, a great scout can. And look at a player, but understanding the nuances of their performance, and from from a data standpoint, and that's kind of how I my, my 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 work life is always is always matriculated, right? You know, you find somebody that's talented, and you can coach them but the, the numbers will tell the story. And I think, you know, operating your business, uh, you know, from that perspective that the data, and if you really understand the data, you can put people into into positions to be successful. Um, you know, uh, the Greek God of walks, I think, was the, the line that I remember, right? Like, who cares about walks? And all of a sudden they took they took the idea of getting more walks and turned it into, you know, winning a, a division, uh, you know, in the uh, in the American League West. So I always loved that book, and I think that's probably what resonates with me the most.
0: book by Michael Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Uh, great book yeah, for correct. sure. You know, there's yep. an, there's another yep. book I'll mention that I think might bring a smile to your face, and that is Customers for Life by Sewell,
1: I believe it was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was absolutely, one
0: that, yeah. that we used in our business to help our salespeople on the phones uh, better work with people. We even used a lot of the techniques that he talked about using in his car dealerships there. And I think he was Basically started out of Texas. Uh, little things like a, a little bowl of candy when a customer goes to pay for their service, so that that experience is a little more sweet than it could be sour, because no one likes to pay to get their car fixed. Um, and the dealership that I have my car serviced at, BMW Northwest, <laughs> they practice the guidelines. They've got that nice little bowl of very high-end chocolates for uh, for customers to enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's the little things, right? It's it's the little things, it's, right? Just like just like data, right? It's understand the little things for for. For to optimize your business and optimize the customer experience. Yep. I think that's, yeah, that's great. In a clean yeah, bathroom.
0: <laughs> something in a is, clean
1: bathroom. There you go. Something
0: there you go. Start, is, there. start there. Yeah. Yeah. Start there. Everybody should start there. Uh, how about the ultimate drive? I enable my guests to enjoy this. I'm going to buy you any car. You can take it anywhere and you can take anybody, even somebody who's no longer with us. So somebody from history, somebody that you've lost maybe in your life. What does the ultimate drive look like for you?
1: Um, so you know, I've driven the Pacific Coast Highway, but my wife and I were in Italy, and we drove the Amalfi Coast. Ooh, uh, we yeah. we we weren't yeah we weren't driving. Um, we were actually part of a group. But as I was driving down there, I said to myself, "Man, would I love just to take a road trip along the Amalfi Coast and just stop at different places, the cafes, right?" It's just it's literally the most breathtaking place in the world. Um, you know, I pr- I probably would you know would would want to do it in a convertible, right? That yeah. that feels right to me. Right, that you're driving along the coast, and the person I would take would be my wife. Right, so we could experience that together, and uh, you know, and and then come back with the stories that we tell to everybody about our journey and our experiences along the way.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, I think I'll put you in a Ferrari. Uh, I think that's. Gonna be, I, think, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think that'll be pretty yes, cool. That, yeah, yeah. I that. think
1: I think I think that would work for me. Yeah, I yeah. Like that idea. You think? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just the hum of the engine against the ocean crashing along the thing. I mean, I don't think you could make you can make the experience any better than that.
0: No, but, um, no, that would be pretty cool. So, yeah, I love it. Well, Bill, you've taken us on a wonderful journey today, and I can't thank you enough for sharing handwritten robotic writing machines. I'll put links to the website on Bill's show notes page. They're easy to find, but just keep in mind the spelling's a little different. It's H A N D W R Y. T-T-E-N. I like that play on that. Uh, You check them out. Uh, Whether you're an individual or more importantly, a business, I can tell you from decades of experience of being in business and using handwritten notes, uh, this will come back to you in many, many ways. It still does for me today because i write all my guests here on the show including bill will receive one from me a handwritten note so check out handwritten robotic writing machines before i let you go could you share some words of maybe inspiration wisdom a success quote or a mantra with our listeners
1: yeah so you know i I think we talked about um you know the idea of personalization but you know i i I have this philosophy on sales right and it's pretty simple right you know essentially you don't want to sell something to somebody that they don't need, <laughs> right? You, you don't, right? It, because, and you can, right? I, I don't believe in anything like a close or, or, you know, or the idea that I'm going to force somebody into something. And salespeople try to do that all, all the time, right? Yeah. The idea behind sales is to really understand what they want. But the flip side of that, right, is, is you, 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 don't, you, want, you don't want to not sell something to somebody that they do need, Right. So the I, I really, that resonates with me because the idea of what we do is, you know, whether it's handwritten or any other product is we provide a tremendously good service. We need to educate our customers on how it can help them in their business and then allow them to decide if that, if that particular, you know, process for them, handwritten notes really works. And I think what we find is when we take that approach, right, that we give you all the information that you're going to come to the conclusion whether you need that service or you don't need that service. And more often than not, they do decide they need it, they need it. so. So yeah. the art of sales and the art of business is really positioning that customer to better understand if that product or service is going to work with for them and then aligning that all the way through.
0: Yeah, well said. Absolutely. I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Smriti. At execu- he's an executive at Asylum Public Relations for introducing me to Bill. So thank you very much for making the introduction. Uh, Asylum Public Relations, uh well, they service a lot of great customers, so uh, check them out as well. Bill, thank you for being so generous today My with pleasure. your time and you, your expertise and for sharing this very cool new technology that your company is doing. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you, maybe on the Amalfi Coast. That would be cool, somewhere down the road. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much, and thank you to all your listeners. I truly appreciate it.
0: You're very welcome.